Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Reading Harry Potter with a 12 year old. And today we have a new book on the table, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Can't wait to dip into this awesome book with you guys. This has actually got to be my favourite ones after maybe Goblet of Fire and Order the Phoenix. This is just a really great book um, about Harry and Ron and Hermione and I just really can't wait to dip into it. Um, and before we start, however, I have a, I'd like to say thank you to, I don't want to pronounce your name wrong, um, Gillian McRobbie, um, he favorited my podcast, I actually didn't know you could do that, um, so thanks a lot, um, Gillian McRobbie, and if you guys listening in, um, like my podcast too, um, yeah, I'd really appreciate it if you would just favorite my podcast, um, and even share it with your friends and family if they enjoy listening to Harry Potter too. And I also have a voice message from, I don't want to pronounce your name wrong, so please forgive me if I pronounce it wrong, Khaled Ibrahim, I think, I don't know, but he voiced, he um, posted a very constructive, um, very, a very constructive voice, voice message about what I could do better with my reading, and uh, I just want to say thanks a lot for that, um, I will try and implement those into my reading and um i'll play that voice message for you in a second um so i hope you guys are all staying safe due to coronavirus i myself are quarantining except for when uh, we go out for exercises sort of like mountain biking and that sort of stuff but for the most part we're just staying at home just trying to get through everything online school that sort of stuff so, um, just hope you guys are all staying safe yourself, um, in self-quarantine, um, and just making sure you're okay. So without further ado, let's listen to, um, that voice message and get started. Hey, um, I don't really know you, but, like, your podcasts are amazing on Spotify. Just a reminder... Try slowing down reading so then you don't make as many mistakes. And just your podcasts are amazing, man. You you have a bright future on Spotify, man. Like, seriously. Bro, amazing stuff. Try... I'm on chapter three. Of your Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. They're awesome. Seriously. But like. Remember what I said. Try slowing down your reading. And thanks for the podcasts man. They're awesome. Chapter 1. The worst birthday. Not for the first time. An argument had broken out. Over breakfast at number 4. Privet Drive. Mr. Vernon Dursley had been woken in the early hours of the morning by a loud hooting noise from his nephew Harry's room. <clears throat> Third time this week, he roared across the table. If you can't control that owl, it'll have to go. Harry tried yet again to explain. She's bored, he said. She's used to flying around outside. If I could just let her out around the night... Do I look stupid? snarled Uncle Vernon, a bit of fried egg dangling from his bushy moustache. 
I know what'll happen if that owl's let out. He exchanged dark looks with his wife, Petunia. Harry tried to argue back, but his words were drowned out by a long, loud belch from the Dursley's son, Dudley. I want more bacon. There's some in the frying pan, sweetums, said um, Aunt Petunia, turning misty eyes on her massive son. We must feed you up while we've still got the chance. I don't like the sound of that school food. Nonsense, Petunia. I never went hungry when I was at Smeltings, said Uncle Vernon heartily. Dudley gets enough, don't you, son? Dudley, who was so large his bottom drooped over either side of the kitchen chair, grinned and turned to Harry. Pass the frying pan. You've forgotten the, ma the magic word, said Harry irritably. The simple effect of this sentence on the rest of the family was incredible. Dudley gasped and fell off his chair with a crash that shook the whole kitchen. Mrs. Dursley gave a small scream and clapped her hands all over her mouth. Mr. Dursley jumped to his feet, veins throbbing in his temples. I meant please, said Harry quickly. I didn't mean... What have I told you? He th thundered his uncle, spraying spit all over the table. About saying the M word in our house. But I... How dare you threaten Dudley? Roared Uncle Vernon, pounding the table with his fist. I just... I warned you. I will not tolerate mention of your abnormality under this roof. Harry stared at his purple face. Uncle, his purple-faced uncle, to his pale aunt, who was trying to heave Dudley to his feet. All right, all right, said Harry. All right. Uncle Vernon sat back down, breathing like a winded rhinoceros, watching Harry close closely out of the corners of his small, sharp eyes. Ever since Harry had come home for the summer holidays, Uncle Vernon had been treating him like a bomb that might go off at any moment because Harry wasn't a normal boy. As a matter of fact, he was not as not normal as it was possible to be. Harry Potter was a wizard. A wizard, fresh from his first year at Hogwarts of witchcraft and wizardry. And if the Dursleys were unhappy to have him back for the holidays, it was nothing to how Harry felt. He missed Hogwarts so much, it was like having a constant stomachache. He missed the castle with its secret passageways and ghosts, and his lessons, perhaps not Snape, the potions master. The post arrived by Al, eating banquets in the hall, in the great hall, sleeping in his four-poster bed in the dormitory, visiting the gamekeeper Hagrid in his cabin, in the grounds next to the Forbidden Forest, and especially Quidditch, the most populous sport in the wizarding world. Six tall goalposts, four flying balls, and fourteen players on broomsticks. All Harry's spellbooks, his wand, robes, cauldron, and top-of-the-range Nimbus 2000 broomstick had been locked up in a cupboard under the stairs by Uncle Vernon the instant Harry had come home. What did the Dursleys care if Harry lost his place in the Quidditch team because he hadn't practiced all summer? What was it to the Dursleys if Harry went back to school without any of his homework done? The Dursleys were wizards called muggles, not a drop of magical blood in their veins. And as far as they were concerned, having a wizard in the family was a matter of deepest shame. Harry, Uncle Vernon had even padlocked Harry's owl, Hedwig, inside her cage. 
to stop her carrying messages to anyone in the wizarding world. Harry looked like the rest of the family. Uncle Vernon was large and necklace, with... Wait, Harry looks nothing like the rest of the family. Sorry, I might have I might have botched that sentence a minute ago. Harry looked like nothing of the rest of the fam Harry looked nothing like the rest of the family. Uncle Vernon was large and necklace with an enormous black moustache. Aunt Petunia was horse faced and bony. Dudley was blonde, pink and porky. Harry, on the other hand, was small and skinny, with brilliant eyes and jet black with brilliant green eyes and jet black hair. That was always untidy. He wore round glasses, and on his forehead was a thin, lightning-shaped scar. This scar that made Harry so particularly unusual. This, it was this scar that made Harry so particularly unusually unusual, even for a wizard. This scar was the only hint of Harry's very mysterious past. The reason he had been left on the Dursley doorstep eleven years before. At the age of one, Harry had somehow survived a curse from the world's greatest sorcerer of all time. But from the greatest dark sorcerer of all time. Lord Voldemort, whose name witches and wizards still feared to speak. Harry's parents had died in Voldemort's attack, but Harry had somehow escaped with his lightning scar, and somehow, nobody understood why, Voldemort's powers had destroyed the instant he had failed to kill Harry. So, Harry had been brought up by his dead mother's sister and her husband. <clears throat> he had spent ten years with the Dursleys, never understanding why he kept making things he kept making odd things happen <clears throat> without meaning to. Believing the Dursley story was that he had got that scar in the car crash that had killed his parents. And then, exactly a year ago, Hogwarts had written to Harry. <clears throat> and the whole story had come out. Harry had taken up his place at a wizard at wizard school, and his scar and he and his scar were famous. But now the school year was over. But now the school year was over, and he was back with the Dursleys for the summer, back to being treated like a dog that had rolled in something smelly. <clears throat> the Dursleys hadn't even remembered that today happened to be Harry's twelfth birthday. <clears throat> of course, his hopes hadn't been high. They had never given him a proper present, let alone a cake. But to ignore it completely. At that moment, Uncle Vernon cleared his throat importantly and said, Now, as we all know, today is a very important day. <clears throat> Harry looked up, hardly daring to believe it. This could be the this could well be the day I make the biggest deal of my career, said Uncle Vernon. Harry went back to his toast. Of course, he thought bitterly. Uncle Vernon was talking about that stupid dinner party. He had been talking of nothing else for a fortnight. Some rich builder and his wife were coming to dinner, and Uncle Vernon was hoping to get a huge order from him. Uncle Vernon's company made drills. I think we should run through the schedule one more time, said Uncle Vernon. We should all be in position at 8 o'clock. Petunia, will, you will be? In the lounge, said Petunia pompously, waiting to welcome them graciously into our home. 
Good, good. And Dudley? I'll be opening, I'll be waiting to open the door, said Dudley, putting on a foul, simpering smile. May I take your coats, Mr. and Mrs. Mason? They'll love him, cried Aunt Petunia rapturously. Excellent, Dudley, said Uncle Vernon. Then he rounded on Harry. And you? I'll be in my bedroom making no noise and pretending I'm not there, said Harry tonelessly. Exactly, said Uncle Vernon nastily. I will lead them into the lounge, introduce you, Petunia, and pour them drinks. At 8.15, I'll announce dinner, said Aunt Petunia. And Dudley, you'll say, May I take you through to the dining room, Miss, Mrs. Mason, said Dudley, offering his fat arm to an invisible woman. My perfect little gentleman, sniffed Aunt Petunia. And you, said Uncle Vernon viciously to Harry. I'll be in my room making no noise and pretending I'm not there said Harry dully. Precisely. Now, we should aim to get in a few good compliments at dinner. Petunia, any ideas? Vernon tells me you're a wonderful golfer, Mr. Mason. Do tell me where you bought your dress, Mrs. Mason. Perfect. Dudley, how about... We had to write an essay about a hero at school, Mr. Mason, and I wrote about you. This was too much for both Aunt Petunia and Harry. Aunt Petunia burst into tears and hugged her son, while Harry ducked under the table so they wouldn't see him laughing. And you, boy? Harry fought to keep his face straight as he emerged. I'll be in my room, making no noise, pretending I'm not there, he said. Too right you will, said Uncle Vernon forcefully. The Masons don't know anything about you, and it's going to stay that way. About, um, yeah, when dinner's over, you take Mrs. Mason back to the lounge for coffee. Petunia, um, lounge for coffee, Petunia, and I'll bring the subject round to drills. With any luck, we'll have the deal signed and sealed before news at ten. We'll be shopping for a holiday home in Majorca this time tomorrow. Harry couldn't feel too excited about this. He, he didn't think that the Dursleys would like him any better in Majorca than they did in Privet Drive. Right, I'm off to town to pick up the dinner jackets for Dudley and me. And you, she snarled, he snarled at Harry. You stay out of your aunt's way while she's cleaning up. Harry left through the back door. It was a brilliant sunny day. He crossed the lawn, slumped onto the garden bench, and sang under his breath. Happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me. No cards, no presents. He would be spending the evening pretending not to exist. <coughs> He gazed miserably into the hedge. He had never felt more lonely. More than anything else at Hogwarts. More even than playing Quidditch. Harry missed his best friends. Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. They, however, did not, didn't seem to be missing him at all. Neither of them had written to him all summer. Even though Ron said he was going to ask Harry to come and stay. Countless times... Harry had been on the point of unlocking Hedwig's cage by magic, and sending her to Ron and Hermione with a letter, but it wasn't worth the risk. Underage wizards weren't allowed to use magic outside school. Harry had been told the Dursleys this. Harry hadn't told the Dursleys this. He knew it was the only terror that he might turn them all into dung beetles that stopped him them from locking him in the cupboard under the stairs with his wand and broomstick.
For the first couple of weeks back, Harry had enjoyed muttering nonsense words under his breath and watching Dudley tearing out of the rooms as fast as his fat legs would carry him. But the long silence from Ron and Hermione made Harry feel so cut off from the magical world that even taunting Har Dudley had lost its appeal. And now, Ron and Hermione had forgotten his birthday. What he wouldn't give now for a message from Hogwarts, from any witch or wizard, he'd, he'd almost be glad to see the sight of his arch-enemy, Draco Malfoy, just to be sure it wasn't all a dream. Not that it hadn't been a whole year at Hogwarts, not that his whole year at Hogwarts had been fun. At the end of the very last term, Harry had come face to face with none other than Lord Voldemort um, himself. Voldemort might be a ruin of his self-former, but he was still terrifying, still cunning, still determined to regain power. Harry had slipped through Voldemort's clutches for a second time, but it had been a narrow escape. Even, for, even now, weeks later, Harry kept waking up in the night, drenched in cold sweat, wondering where Voldemort was now, remembering his, um, his livid face, his wide, mad eyes. Harry suddenly sat, bolt upright, on the garden bench. He had been staring absently into the hedge, and the hedge was staring back. Two enormous green eyes had appeared among the leaves. Harry had jumped to his feet just as a jeering voice floated across the lawn. I know what day it is, sang Dudley, waddling towards him. The huge eyes blinked and vanished. What? said Harry not taking his eyes off where the spot had been. I know what day it is, Dudley repeated, coming right up to him. Well done, said Harry. So you finally learned the days of the week. Today is your birthday, sneered Dudley. How come you haven't got any cards? Haven't you even got friends at that freak place? Better not let your mum hear you talking about my school, said Harry coolly. Dudley hitched up his trousers, which were slipping down his fat bottom. Why are you staring at the hinge? he said suspiciously. I'm trying to decide what would be the best spell to set it on fire, said Harry. Du Dudley stumbled back at once, a look of panic on his fat face. You c can't. Dad told Dad told you you're not allowed to do m m magic. He'll, he'll chuck you out of the house, and you haven't got anywhere else to go. You have enough friends to take you... Jiggery pokey, said Harry in a fierce voice. Hocus pocus, squiggly wiggly. Mom! howled Dudley, tripping over his feet as he dashed back to the house. Mom, he's doing you know what. Harry paid dearly for this moment of fun, as neither Dudley nor the hedge was hurt in any way. Arbutunia knew he hadn't done really any magic. But he still had to duck as she aimed a heavy blow at his head with the soapy prying, um, frying pan. Then she gave him what to do, with the promise that he wouldn't eat again until he finished. While Dudley lolled around watching and eating ice creams, Harry cleaned the windows, washed the car, trimmed the flower beds, pruned the water, and pruned and watered the roses, and repainted the garden bench. The sun blazed overhead burning the back of his neck. Harry knew he shouldn't have risen to Dudley's bait, but Dudley had said the very thing that he hadn't, he'd been thinking about himself. Maybe he didn't have any friends at Hogwarts. 
Wish, wish they could see the famous Harry Potter now, he thought savagely, as he spread manure on the flower beds, his back aching, um, uh, sweat running down his face. It was half past seven in the evening when, at last, exhausted, he heard Aunt Petunia calling him. Get in here and walk on the paper, on, on the newspaper. Harry moved gladly into the shade of the gleaming kitchen. On the top of the fridge stood tonight's pudding, a huge mound of whipped cream and sugared violets. A joint of roast pork was sizzling in the oven. Eat quickly. The masons will be here soon, snapped Aunt Petunia, pointing to two slices of bread and a lump of cheese on the kitchen table. She was already wearing a salmon pink cocktail dress. Harry washed his hands and bolted down his pitiful suffer, um, supper. The moment he had finished, Aunt Petunia whisked away his plate. Upstairs, hurry! As, as he caught the door to the living room, Harry caught a glimpse of Uncle Vernon and Dudley in bow ties and dinner jackets. He had only just reached the um, upstairs landing when the doorbell rang and Uncle Vernon's furious face appeared at the foot of the step stairs. Remember, boy, one sound. Harry crossed his bedroom on tiptoe, slipped inside, closed the door, and turned to collapse onto the bed. The trouble was, there was someone sitting on it. Oh wow, I actually didn't um, expect that episode to, um, that chapter to end so suddenly. Because, um, because that's a really good chapter. I really, I really enjoy, um, The Chamber of Secrets, as I said before. Um, but yeah, I actually didn't know it was going to end so suddenly. I thought I was going to go for at least maybe 40 minutes, half an hour. But, um, I guess that's all for today. Um, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share this with your friends and family. If you, uh, if they enjoy listening to Harry Potter and um listen to more um episodes and favorite my podcast if you um enjoy listening to my podcast um anyway thanks for listening and i will see you guys probably tomorrow i'm not too sure because um i want to read as much as possible um because yeah i really like doing this so um yeah that's it for today and i'll see you guys later bye